What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into Cogito. This is Rudy Malumbo. And I'm John Carp. Let's get right into it. Uh, this episode, we're going to have a discussion about ghosts, everybody. Uh, but Spooky, spooky, spooky. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even Halloween yet. But uh, yeah, so we figured we're going to have kind of a nuanced conversation about ghosts. Uh, like we teased last week a little bit, um, John is one of those people who's very uh, rational, as they say, right? You're very kind of scientific. This thing doesn't make sense, so, you know, if, if this thing doesn't logically follow maybe a, a, a certain progression, then, you know, it's not valid. And I'm more kind of fluid with stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, th- would you say that's an accurate kind of portrayal of how you think generally, John? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would call myself more empirical than rational because you could make anything rational but empirical would mean you would have to have there would have to be some progression of you know proof and you know testing yeah in order for it to be valid but uh but yeah that would definitely describe me for sure and uh knowing you rudy i know that you're you know not that you're you know super superstitious or maybe you are maybe a little bit but you know, you you tend to entertain the idea of the uh, the extraordinary a little bit more than <laughs> well, definitely a lot more than I would. I love the way you put that. That is true. That is true. I you know I'm one of those people where uh, yeah, like I you know someone said, hey Rudy, let's go. We're, we're going to see a psychic today. I'd be like, all right, let's see what this is all about. <laughs> where it's like <laughs> I know on the surface that I mean you know. You know, I, I'm like I, I don't I don't a million percent believe in stuff, but I think I I leave it up to chance, and I and I go, you know, maybe something here might convince me a certain way, like with a psychic or or even with kind of uh, beliefs that are, um, you know, kind of up in the air or like, like not not anything specific, where where it's something with kind of flowery language that leaves a lot of things up to your interpretation. Uh, I tend to entertain that. Um, a lot that is true yeah so so, bearing all that in mind uh you uh you and the week have been doing some research on some uh, ghost stories am i correct that is true that is true well uh what you want (laughs) to play it on me see if uh, you can convince me out of my empirical slash rational sensibility (laughs) absolutely okay so here's the thing um i uh you know, if if someone really questioned me on this, I don't believe in ghosts, right? Uh, the same, you know, like if, if you're, you know, you're coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, are there people that are transparent, floating around, creeping people out? I don't really, <laughs> I don't really believe in that, right? And over the course of this week when I was kind of doing research and stuff, you know, obviously there is no scientific proof that ghosts are real. You know what I mean? Uh, but you can spend... Tons and tons of hours, like on YouTube or reading articles about, you know, what people thought they saw. Like, you know, uh, you know, I was walking through a field at night, um, walking past like an abandoned building, and it was two or three stories. And I, I, you know, looked at the top window, and I was maybe fifty feet away, but I thought I saw an old lady's head out there. And no one's lived there in fifty years. Things like that. Like, like you hear stories like that, and obviously those stories can get shot down, shot down very easily. 
like, oh, you know, maybe you were tired. Maybe there was like a coat rack or something like that. You know what I mean? So you, it's, it's kind of the same thing with like people who see aliens where they're like, oh, you know, I got pro, got anally probed and, you know, and all this other stuff. But it's never, it's never someone who people deem very credible. Or like, oh, you know, I was walking late at night. I saw like the spaceship, and I knew it was aliens. Or, but it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's always people out in the middle of nowhere that that people just kind of go, oh, yeah, sure, I'm sure you did. You never really run into like a, you know, like a Harvard scientist who was out in the field one day and you know saw aliens, right? Um, so it kind of tends to be the same thing. So overall, I don't believe ghosts are real, right? But the the uh, the the whole thing with that, though, is I feel like we as human beings, um, when we're confronted with something that's very um, complex and we don't really know what to do with, we tend to put it in a certain box or we define it in a certain way, right? I think the best example of that is like God, right? Um, the concept of God is something that's beyond our rational mind, our rational thinking, right? I mean, every culture every tradition that that's ever talked about god always talks about god in an infinite way right and our minds i think are kind of made to think in a, in finite terms when something becomes infinite we don't know what to do with it that's why a lot of times the representation of someone of a god in different traditions are in human terms because that's the only way that we can um i guess conceive of something that's inconceivable we put it into terms we can understand you get what i'm saying john yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. Like, it's um, I always looked at like things like God and the devil as being personifications of very abstract ideas. It's easy to like, it's very difficult to explain to someone like the nature of evil, right? Yeah. But if you tell them like, "Ooh, the devil's out there and he's gonna get you," you know, that's a little more palpable for most people. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Or pal- palatable for most people. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, so th- that kind of got me thinking then um, is I don't want to hit you with ghost stories about, oh, you know, there's a, you know, like like the one I was telling you about before where there's a guy walking the field. He sees like an old lady's head or whatever. Right. Right. Because those stories are easy to shoot down. Right. Sure. So uh, the stories that I've picked, I have like, you know, a, a, a number of stories here that I think are compelling because um it's it uh we'll we'll get into it and then you'll see what i mean i guess the the main thing is uh children and pets right right these stories uh contain um incidents that children or pets um where children and pets were the subject where they saw the thing and they you know maybe told their parents or with a pet the pet was just kind of maybe barking at a certain part of the house and you know the the mom would be like i mean that's weird because like you know my daughter was born a number of years after this person died so how does she know this and that and so you know what i mean it, it's it's a little bit more complex where and it, a little harder to shoot down so i say i say let's kind of go through some of these and maybe maybe talk talk these out a little bit if you're cool with it john let's do it man i'm i'm ready for it all right, let's, let's do it. This is story number one. Okay, uh, really quick. Uh, okay, the story goes, my son was two weeks old when my great-grandmother passed away. We were very close. This is the mom talking. I got him a photo book to keep his pictures in 
and there was a photo of my great-grandmother, my grandmother and my great-aunt. He was about a year old when we were looking at this book when he got to the photo of my great-grandmother. He squealed and said, Sweet Pea. That was my nickname for her. He used to talk and babble over my shoulder all the time when he was a baby. It kind of creeped me out. So now you have this uh, this mom who talks about how her son was two weeks old when his great grand or when her great grandmother passed. And so, I mean, he was, you know, a couple weeks old and yet he was able to pick up on uh, her nickname or his mom's nickname uh, or the nickname his mom called his great grandmother. So that's the first story. So, yeah. Okay. That's it. We maybe digest that a little bit. Okay. All right. Um, well, it's unusual, but I would say that, uh, hmm, I don't know. I think there's <laughs> definitely some missing parts of that story for sure. Yeah. For example, like, I mean, it's not that inconceivable that she might, that this, this mother might have referenced this picture and as sweet pea, you know? Yeah. Well, that's my sweet pea, you know, and the kid might've picked up on that. Um, it's kind of unusual for a child of one year of age to be able to speak, though. Most of the time, children don't speak until they're about two. Yeah. And even then, it's pretty, you know, uh, it's uh, it's kind of like, it, it's like, in, in uh, you know, incoherent babble, basically. Yeah. So that is, so like her talking about her son, like doing incoherent babble, that's just, a, that's a baby. That's what they do. Like, yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't know that but whatever uh <laughs> well 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 uh how about this though he she was saying how in general what the baby would do though is not only would he babble but he would babble over her shoulder all the time uh i don't really that, i don't have any makes... children so I, don't, I guess i don't really know um over her over her shoulder what so, so i guess what does that mean i guess i'm picturing her i'm, I'm picturing the mom holding the baby up um and you know, with his, you know, I guess you know he's she's uh, she, the baby's over her shoulder, and the face is over her shoulder, obviously. And then as she's carrying him around like that, he's just babbling to the air, which I guess isn't that weird. Yeah, you, you're you're right. That's kind of a normal thing. Yeah, that, it's not weird at all. I do that all the time with my nieces and nephews. Like, yeah. it, like there's no ghosts in the house. You know, <laughs> like that's not a what the. <laughs> The fact that she knew, the fact that he didn't know his great-grandmother's nickname, that sticks out to me. But again, that can be explained in just the simple fact that that's probably the word. The late the, the mother probably ref- has referred to her great-grandmother uh, or, or her grandmother, whichever it was, by that term so much. And people don't realize how much babies actually pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll pick sure. up things like that. They're not, you know, they're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is actually um, very true. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as a baby, you know, when you're a baby, all you do is learn. So they're actually put bring they're actually taking in more information than you think they are because they're studying like because that's all they do. They're in co- a completely unknown territory, and they're just taking everything in. So yeah, that you know, so they they probably are more sensitive um, to kind of the minutia than you would think. So if if you know the baby sees that. Anytime, you know, you look at a picture of a certain woman, you, you say something like sweet pea, 
Um, I mean, that, that's, you know, I guess that's something you could, um, that I could be explained in that way. Yeah, I would say that would be my explanation for that. Well, so, so uh, part of the reason why I picked out a story like this is because some people say that, um, you know, when you're a child, you're still sensitive to kind of um, extra sensory things. You're, you're sensitive to like the paranormal, to things like that. And the more you grow up, right, the more you kind of build up defenses and other things like that that you don't really, that even if something weird happens, if something kind of out of the ordinary happens, you, in the same way we're, we're kind of doing with this podcast, you tend to kind of explain it away because you've built up those defenses and you're not as sensitive to those things like that anymore. So, like, a kid like this, you know, at one year, one year old, they're still very sensitive to the paranormal, so some people would say. And so because of that, you know, they tend to see maybe things that are in the immaterial world, like, you know, like a, a dead relative or a dead relative can actually, like, you know, communicate with them and things like that. And, and, and that's kind of how uh, people who who are uh, who believe 100% like the paranormal and things like that, that's kind of how they would explain a story like this. They would say that, you know, um, yeah, the kid is still very sensitive to things like that. And so that's why they uh, they, they, they know like the nickname you'd call your great grandmother who died. What what do you what do you think about that? Okay, I, there's a number of problems with that theory. Number one, um, I don't think it really even relates to this story so much. I think to in this story, it's definitely the case of like Pavlov Pav, Pavlov's dog. You know, you ring the bell, you give the dog a treat. You ring the bell to give the dog a treat. After a while, if all you do, all you have to do is ring the bell, and the dog will start salivating. You know, because, you know, it's conditioned to, to when he hears that bell, you know, that means it's, it's, you know, chow time. I think the same thing, I think the same scenario happened with this, uh, this mother and her grandmother and this little boy. But as far as like children, um, having like better access to the spirit world or something like that. Absolutely not. I don't think that at all. (laughs) Um, no way. I think what what really is going on is children um they don't they really don't understand how the world works at all. You know, this is why we have to put protectors over you know electrical outlets cuz the kid will go, "Oh, I wonder what this is about." and stick mm. a, a fork in it and electrocute themselves, right? Yeah. Um so it's and but at the same time, you know, they're they're little sponges, you know, they they just soak up information left, right, and center, right? Yeah. So you can tell you can tell a kid just about anything and they'll believe it because they don't know any better, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can raise a kid to you know, you can tell a kid that there's genies and witches and all this stuff. A kid and will people totally do that. believe it. And and there's like yeah, T V shows and, and all that stuff that says, Oh, you know, you know, genies, witches, ghosts and all that, goblins. Yeah, well, Santa Claus is the perfect uh, example of this, and I hope, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't figured out that Santa Claus isn't real, but um, <laughs> San- Santa Claus is not real. I'm just I'm just <laughs> trying to picture, uh, like, a guy listening who's gung-ho on the Santa thing still. Uh, He's like 40 years old. He's like, <laughs> You what? just ruined it for him, yeah. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> here I am ruining everything for you. Um. But it's like the Santa Claus thing. Like you tell a kid that there's this guy that 
flies around in one night and delivers presents. And even though he's like definitely morbidly obese, he can somehow fit down a chimney or yeah. whatever, and they'll believe it. But as they grow older, they the rational their life experience and the the part of that brain, the brain that um that governs rational thought as that develops more after a while, you know, unless this individual has like an incredible amount of delusion, uh, they're going to go, okay, there's no way that there's a Santa Claus fella. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think it's the same thing. Like children are just more apt to believe in the fantastic because a, they don't have enough real life experience to really question it all that much. And B, they're a little bit more open to the idea of it. And also, too, children are highly imaginative as well. Yeah. I mean, adults can be, too, as well. But uh, children, even more so. Um, and that's part of their cognitive development. Yeah. So, no, I don't think children are special beings <laughs> that have access to angels or whatever. <laughs> children are just, you know what children are? They're just, they're just miniature adults that know even less than most adults that's really all they are <laughs> okay <laughs> that's it you know that that makes sense well i i have a uh um another another story here this one's much shorter and actually i mean uh yeah well i'll i'll let me read you this one real quick so uh, all the story is there's another i think this is a mom or a dad or i don't know you're saying uh, while laying in bed one night my then four-year-old daughter pointed at the ceiling and said, I don't like that scary man living in the ceiling. And okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the story is. Uh, and, and now we just talked about how children generally are very imaginative. Right. And, and at the same time too, like, you know, as a kid, when you watch like Disney channel and stuff like that, or like Scooby-Doo, you know what I mean? Like a lot of animated shows kind of, um, um, I think they're they're meant to kind of uh, for you know when, when you're a kid and stuff to kind of explore that sense of wonder that you have already, um, right? So in a situation like this, I mean, I guess it may, it makes sense that if you know you're when you're a kid you're like watching TV a lot and there's all these things you're watching on TV that you you could it's possible for you to like imagine or create a world where you imagine oh there's a man living in the ceiling, you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah, that one's super easy to explain away because you know, kid got to be imagining it. Yeah. Um, you know, and also too, you know, let's not count out the idea, the fact that um, people do hallucinate. You know, minorly. I'm not talking like I'm not saying this kid was like tripping on a- acid or anything like that. Yeah. But you know, people do from time to time experience hallucinations of a minor sort. Um, I used when I was a kid, I used to have auditory hallucinations a lot. Oh, okay. Know, yeah. But yeah, so you know, that's pretty common for for children to have that um <laughs> actually, I'll tell you a really freaky story about that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> there was one night, there was one night I was sleeping and my sister played um she played the flute, right? Yeah. And so I was sleeping and I could hear this and uh, like, oh, well, I wasn't quite asleep. I was kind of, you know when you're like you're not quite about to fall asleep, but you're getting there, kind of a thing. Yeah, you know, what I mean, that point of sleep in between, so kind I of was sleep in, and being awake. He, yeah, I was just laying there, and I heard this flute music, and I'm like, "It's ten o'clock, really, Audrey? You're playing the flute right now." 
That was my that's my sister's name, by the way. Yeah. Um so I I woke I got out of bed and I went I went to go knock on her door and she wasn't in her room. She was still downstairs. So I walked down the stairs and I'm like, Audrey, can you please stop playing the flute? I'm trying to sleep. And she's like, I, I'm not playing the flute. And my parents were downstairs too. I'm like, you know, mom, dad, Audrey is playing, you know, the flute. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm trying to get some sleep. Yeah. And they're like, she's not playing the flute, Johnny. You're, <laughs> you're oh, hearing wow. things again. But, um, that's so this, interesting. This was like a com, yeah. That, that was like a common occurrence, though. I had a few auditory hallucinations. Well, so but again, that's like a yeah. thing that some people have for some weird reason. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I think that's interesting. So it, it it becomes a thing when you're dealing with something like that, like a like an audio hallucination, or I mean, or a visual one. Um, it could be a simple. I, I mean, okay. So I would I would. I would think then that a good way to kind of deal with something like that is that something that you kind of deal with still, or was is something like no, that? not really, not really, um, no, not anymore. It was just like a brief period in my life where I had them, and now I don't really experience them anymore. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine um, uh, people who kind of have to deal with that on a day to day basis, you would have to kind of you know maybe do some sort of maybe like a meditation practice or, or some sort of practice where you realize that in a way your mind is kind of deceiving you. Right. Right. And, and, and you kind of have to know, okay, you know, this thing is real, you know, certain things are real and some certain things aren't real. And then whenever, and whenever, whenever you're kind of seeing something that's not real or hearing something that's not real, you, you get that in your head. This isn't real. And then, you know, the more you do that, it's kind of like muscle memory. You know what I mean? Then you can kind of, you know, you know what I mean? It's it's the same as, you know, you know, when you're meditating, you have a bunch of thoughts that come, you know what I mean? But then you have to, to go, oh, these are the thoughts and I'm the person behind, I'm the thing behind the thoughts. So I don't have to, like, engage all these thoughts. I can say, no, this thought isn't real. This is, you know what I mean? And then you kind of deal with things that way, right? Right. And so. Yeah, that 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 probably happened with me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But so then, I mean. Then the question becomes, I mean, you know, uh, and I mean, yeah, and and and, and I, I I believe that that's kind of the the best way to deal with with uh, hallucinations. Period. I think you know, I know schizophrenics and things like, and, and people like that have way more. I mean, their their issues are ridiculous. I mean, I, I've read some of the stuff that they've seen and some of the stuff they go through. It's on another planet. Like it's crazy, but um, but but I kind of feel like. Um, and yeah, so, so th that's what I believe. I believe that those thoughts aren't real and all that other stuff. But the, the, uh, uh, sometimes I ask myself, I mean, are they, are they not real? Maybe, you know, what, what if it is real? What if it's something on another plane that maybe is not being, um, maybe not communicating with you specifically, but it's just, you're more acutely sensitive of things on another plane. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's, it's like, I don't believe that. But I mean, sometimes I do kind of like to give myself that. Um, you know what I mean? To to just kind of um, maybe explore that a little bit too. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can kind of turn yourself blue in the face when you try to imagine it that way, or you can kind of go with the more you know, like general response, like, "Oh, that's just a 
hallucination yeah. you know whatever and and, um, and and i mean and and that works because that i mean that's how you stay functional cuz really th- those things don't serve you on a day-to-day basis you know how does it help you if you're trying to go to work trying to live your life normally and you keep hearing flute sounds you know what i mean you, you, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, have definitely. to deal with that so that you can live your life you know what i mean so i i totally get that i mean that that's that's kind of like the reason to deal with that um you know cuz it doesn't really doesn't really serve you you know yeah yeah definitely i mean actually you know what i i i take i i take back what i said earlier i do experience audio audio auditory hallucinations from time to time but it's much more spread out now okay it used to be like just about every night i had them which is really weird oh really but um yeah but it's just one of those things that sometimes your brain can um some people's brains just do that for whatever reason you know you know i don't i'm not i just i want to clarify i'm not like schizophrenic or anything yeah i just you know from time to time i have auditory hallucinations and that's it yeah you know but it's not that uncommon like it sounds like fantastic and you know crazy but it's a lot more common than what one might think yeah um i I mean i'm i'm actually pretty sure that a lot of people deal with that you know Oh yeah, um, yeah, and uh, you know, vi- visual hallucinations are pretty common too. I've never had one of those, yeah. Um, but you know, plenty of people certainly have, and that could be the case with this little girl. You know, especially if you're imagine, if especially if you're incredibly imaginative, that happens. And I think sometimes if you're a very imaginative person, um, like an artist know, or dep- you know, someone. Yeah, and that that could be the case with me. Like I am a musician, so. You know, I I probably because I work that part of my brain a lot. I probably am more likely to hear sounds that aren't there than someone who doesn't because I'm around sounds all the time. Um, just like how I I would imagine like a, a painter might see things that aren't always there. It's just like it's just the your ability to imagine something that's not there yet and then creating it you know which is the whole creative process um you know sometimes you know your brain if you do it a lot your brain can kick that into like overdrive so you know that's that's the best way to explain it and then also too you know with uh this kid let's not let's not forget the uh the classic explanation you know she could just be making shit up you know <laughs> yeah that is true <laughs> You know, I yeah, mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, as a kid, maybe you, you know, maybe there's something going on in the home. You want attention. Maybe your your parents fight all the time. You know what I mean? And, and, and I mean, and the and the 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 need of attention is very important as a child. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not something it's not, you know, it's not something that, oh, you know, the, the this kid's being a brat because they want attention. No, it's very important. It's very, you know, what I mean, so and, and I mean, you you find ways to meet your needs. And so so that is a possibility also. So there's a lot of variables involved in the story like this. Well, here's another one. I'm, I'm going to go. We're going to go through this story, and then I have a uh, uh, another set of questions we can kind of uh, go into. But uh, the, the, this story is a little bit different. So <clears throat> uh, this one, uh, I believe it's uh, an older gentleman. He's talking about when he was younger. This is about my little brother who was about who was maybe three to four at the time making me seven to eight years old. We're originally from Toronto in Canada, and we were taking a trip to North Carolina in the States to see my grandma 
She lives in an older home that is known to have some activity going on. My mom told us this story. We were pulling up to the house after a long drive. My brother was generally a shy and quiet kid. He was young enough to know words like puppies and cows, but not old enough to be able to string together sentences. Now, this is me talking. He, you know, again, so he was three to four, right? And so as we pull up, he points to a window on the top of the house and says, I don't like this house and starts crying, right? Apparently, he would not stop crying so long as we were in near that house. He'd cry all night and only managed to calm down when we were all situated together in the living room. Turns out my mom's aunt died there. Uh, Okay, so that's part A of the story. Part B, my brother was always sensitive to these things when he was young. He used to always talk about a little girl with long black hair following him around and walking past doorways. One weekend, we were visiting our cousins, and he slept on an air mattress in a room with my cousin and aunt. They were still young at the time, but a little older uh, than the North Carolina. So this is a couple years later. My brother claims he saw the door creak open and a little girl looking around the corner as if checking in on him. Mind you, this girl followed him everywhere. Next morning, my aunt tells everyone she had a dream about a little girl checking in on them in the room. So that was a little strange. So yeah, that's the mm. story. Um, that's the weirdest one you've read. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So so the the first part of it, it's it's I mean. You know, um, yeah, like he, he's crying all the time. He doesn't like the house for whatever reason. Then you, you then you find find out that something tragic happened there. And with the second one, it's it's a thing where he's talking about this creature that he sees all the time. But there's also this kind of a corroboration with the aunt. You know, uh, you know, while you know when he the the kid saw that happening, the aunt also had a dream about it. Right. I um. Hmm. Okay, so I I I think I have an explanation for it though. Okay. <laughs> um so like part A it's kind of obvious that the kid the the house creeps the kid out, right? Yeah. Like everyone's been to a a place where they're just they just for some reason they're like oh, I don't like being here, right? Yeah. So that's not un- that's not inconceivable for a kid to freak out about. And the fact that he was crying the entire time unless the entire fa- family was together, that's a clear sign of some anxiety. And, um, and then worse yet, we tell the kid, oh yeah, somebody died here. So now the kid's like going from like a state of, you know, high anxiety to now like hyper anxiety. And when you're in that state, you know, I don't want to say that you hallucinate, but you start imagining, your imagination starts to go out of control, you know? And I think that's kind of what happened to that kid. I don't think he, I don't think there was really a, a little girl there. I think you know his my he, he maybe he heard the door creak open and he saw a silhouette that was like uh, you know that he and he kind of just filled in the blanks with um you know there's a little girl there that you know obviously wasn't the case um and, and that's actually something we've we talked about previously when we're doing the the 48 laws of power um thing we, we you know Robert Greene talks talked a lot about how you want to engage people a certain way. You, when you want, when you want to gain power, obviously you want to, um, um, you know that that's why you don't you don't always want to talk all the time, right? You you want to have a certain mystique about you, uh, and you want to give people 
some information about your character and, and 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 about yourself, but then let off the gas on other things so that um, other people can kind of fill in the blanks themselves, and and they could think of you as as a, as, of, of, as this high figure, like a, a figure that's kind of you know. Um, kind of more great than regular humans. Well, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of in different contexts here because, you know, basically what you're saying is he has this anxiety, right? But he has a, an open loop, right? So he, 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 you know, the, the anxiety tells him part of the story and the simple fact that he didn't like the house to begin with. And now he knows that something bad did happen there. Uh, he, he kind of, he's kind of thinking, okay, snap, you know, now that I know that, you know, some of these feelings are, you know, they're, accurate in a way right so and i have this kind of open loop your mind can then kind of close that loop for you and also kind of support your anxiety or support whatever thing you were fearing to begin with and then you'll believe in that even more if that makes sense yeah exactly it's that's it's that kind of thing and anxiety um uh anybody who's ever experienced um any kind of acute anxiety disorder of some kind will tell you that uh when your brain when you're like in that state of uh non-stop anxiety you, your brain starts to you know close in loops um in very bizarre ways you know and very in increasingly irrational ways depending on you know how severe this case of anxiety might be and it's, it very well could be that this kid might have been a particularly sensitive kid you know, especially if the brother was saying that this was kind of a frequent occurrence, he probably was kind of naturally disposed to having, uh, he might, he might be a, a, a pretty neurotic child, perhaps, um, you know, probably more, uh, more likely to experience anxiety and other types of mental disorder, not mental disorders, but you know, what I mean, those kinds of, uh, feelings a lot, um, and then also too, like the one thing I I forgot to mention was the coincidence that the um, that her aunt that his aunt had of I guess a different aunt. There must have been was there like a different aunt that lived there that had died or something. Well, what 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 it's it's um the the aunt that died was it was uh the mom's aunt. So I guess their great aunt. Okay. Okay. I see. So and, and this this happened actually within a span of um um I think within a sp- oh no never mind yeah no th- this was within a couple of weeks actually okay what wait you said within a couple of weeks it was yeah they they went they went to the house to stay for I guess a few weeks and so like you know oh. one of the weekends that second I see. story happened but it was in the in that house well yeah I mean well again like if you bring up something like it probably had been a while since they talked about the passing of their great aunt and what often happens is we talked about this in dreams the last episode you know when a lot of times what your dreams are doing is processing the information of the day you know and if you brought up something that you hadn't thought about in a while you might you're likely to dream about that that night you know um so it's not that inconceivable that the aunt would dream of the great aunt at the same time that this little kid was, you know, supposed had supposedly seen this little girl at the doorway or something. So, uh, John, I think I think that's kind of interesting. Then I was gonna uh, switch it up a little bit and 
Can I ask, throw a question at you before I get to the next story, uh, possibly the, the last one that I have on here. Um, so kind of over the course of this week, I was you know just looking at uh, well, one thing I paid attention for what paid attention to was was uh, people's uh, perception of what, what ghosts and stuff and what what ghosts were over the years and kind of how you know people um, viewed them and and things like that, right? So I wanted to kind of throw this at you. Um, why do you think um, people, whether or not you know it's made up, it's in people's head or yeah, or, or all that. Like, well, why do you think people kind of have that kind of pro- proclivity to, um, to believe in ghosts? Like, what you know, what I mean, what do you think that fits some sort of need that we have, or like some sort of a curiosity we have? Or, you know, um, well, I think you could answer that in as many ways as there are people on the planet, really. Uh, but it probably does fundamentally come down to curiosity, or. Or a hope, maybe. I, maybe some people hope that, you know, people who have passed on that they love, right, are still around in some way or or form. Um, and it could, it could just be the curiosity of it. You know, we don't know what... We don't know what happens after we pass on. So it's kind of... It's sort of like, well, maybe we stay around, but we're you know, this sort of weird spirit that floats about. Um, I think it's kind of that combination of curiosity. Maybe for some people it's hope. Maybe. Uh, that would be my guess, my best guess. And it just kind of makes for an interesting story. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I you know, I, I think I believe in that too. I, I, I think it's, I think ultimately what it comes down to is, is mortality. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I think that we, I think there's a sense of comfort maybe we get from just knowing like, Oh, you know, when you, you know, yeah. Like the, there's maybe certain, um, family members that we, we can still kind of communicate with in some way, you know, or, or who might have a hand on, um, you know, kind of our plans and, and our lives, even after they're gone. Um, you know, but, but I think it's interesting though, because, um, and, and we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but, but it, it's, it's interesting because I was looking at, kind of different cultures and how different cultures kind of coped with death and and i know like earlier on even some cultures nowadays you know there there's a lot um especially cultures that are in kind of closer knit communities when a member of their of their family passes on that member um is is kind of revered and in some cases even worshipped and 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 they continue to be a part of the family and the way the community looks at it is uh, those ancestors are guiding them. They're helping them. You know, they kind of have a, a, a hand in, in what they're doing and what their plans are and, and in the future and things like that. And and ultimately, um, you know, it, it's it's a good thing. Ghosts were kind of like a good thing. I think it's interesting that, you know, as of late, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of these stories that we kind of, you know, went back and read, it's these people who, are talking about, you know, maybe relatives who've passed away, but instead of them helping them, they're kind of like antagonistic. They're kind of maybe evil in a way. Um, so, yeah, but, but I think I always, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I was just going to say, you know, that could be just the effect. That could be just the cultural effect and, and the effect of how, I mean, really, we know, we, we live in a time here in the States where, you know, 
uh, a lot of people needs a lot of people's needs are being met right so, and 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 we tend to have um and and because of that we tend to kind of maybe fabricate fear we tend to kind of have a a generalized anxiety all over the place right so you know that you know that's why when you turn on the news it's all bad news you know what i mean you watch movies and and you know most movies or things out in the culture are kind of slanted in a negative way so maybe we just took like a pure thing like um you know the need to, to the our need to um, kind of create or, or to frame more, uh, mortality in a certain way. We maybe slanted that negative negatively because we're so as a culture maybe we're so fearful or we're so um, anxiety ridden. You know, um, and that, that's kind of the way I looked at it. I, I think it's all it's all kind of cultural um, because I think initially. You know, maybe you know, if, if if the way we think about ghosts is something that we made up in our head, um, I think it's it's something that um, that we use to kind of comfort us um, uh, in terms of how we deal with mortality. I I think there's something to what you're saying, where it's kind of a cultural thing in terms of our attitudes towards towards ghosts. I think it's kind of predominantly a, a Western thing, where ghosts are kind of seen as antagonistic because in a lot of cultures in africa and i think even yeah definitely like central and south america and definitely in asia ancestor or i mean you know you don't really have a whole lot of antagonistic bend on ghosts more so than you have like a there's more of a um emphasis on ancestor reverence right um so I think there's a cultural aspect to it, but I, you know, even though growing up in a Western culture here in the United States, I always, it always struck me as kind of odd that ghosts would be, you know, sort of associated with, uh, you know, yeah, you know, something to be wary of, you know, cause I always kind of figured like, why, why would a ghost, why would a ghost, you know, pick on a living person? You know what I mean? Like what's the, what? What would they get out of it? Like, I can kind of get, like, if they were, like, you know, a prankster in their life and they just wanted to mess with people. But I don't see how they could be harmful. You know what I mean? They're, you, you know what I mean? I was That always struck me as pretty odd. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's very interesting uh, that something like a ghost where, I mean, really, the only thing, they're not really doing anything to harm you. They're just there. The fact that they exist is kind of something that, creeps people out and and i think that that speaks a lot about just our generalized anxiety you know what i mean um because again you know like, like you were just saying there's there's definitely other cultures out there that look at ghosts really as or, or ghosts or spirits as something good something that guides them something that you know what i mean and, and so so for so i think it speaks more to that generalized anxiety that people might have in, in certain cultures where maybe the majority of their needs are met you know what i mean um, but, but, but also I think another element of that <clears throat> could be the fact that, um, you're really being confronted with something that's not, uh, that, that's, that's not from the material plane, right? It, it's something immaterial. It's something, it's kind of like fear of the unknown, you know? And so, so like, I mean, you know, even in movies, you know, where there's that scene where maybe someone's in bed at night. And then a creature comes and it's a ghost. And now you're face to face with a ghost. Like the scary part of that is, 
oh my goodness, that's something unknown. That's something I, I you know, my my mind isn't capable to capable of dealing with because where, in which compartment of my mind does this go in? You know what I mean? So I think that's where the fear comes from. It's like the, the generalized anxiety and just the fear of the unknown. You know what I mean? Um, and, and just how to, to, and just the difficulty of framing that. I think that's where that comes from, personally. I, I know, for me, it kind of does. And again, it's that's also kind of why, kind of in pop culture, whenever, or in movies or in stories that are told, scary stories, even in some of these stories we read or, or some stories where you might go on YouTube and know oh, it's a ghost story, you know. It's like it's always, the setting is always, or not always, but it's usually the same. The setting is usually at night, you know what I mean? It's usually in, like, this this place that they, they, they people don't like to go in because they say it's haunted. So it's it's the unknown, you know? It's like it's it's something foreign. It's something far away. It's something in a dark place, you know? And, and, and it's in those instances that that people are kind of confronted with the other thing. And, and the reason that other thing is scary is because, I mean, you don't know what to do with it. It's something not from this plane. You know what I mean? I think that's where, that's where that comes from. And I think people maybe in other cultures are just, or, or in, in, in cultures, uh, I think specifically in Africa, just because, you know, you know, I have family from there, you know, I think their like regular life and like the regular world and kind of the immaterial world is something that, that a lot of people kind of look at as being one in the same. Right. I mean, you know, like, like in, in, you know, the Congo specifically where my family grew up, you know, everyone believed in witch doctors. They believed that there was, there were a group of people who, if you did them wrong, they could put a spell on you. You know what I mean? Or, or even like, you know, they, they believed like, like, uh, the older and wiser you got, the more powers you, you got or some, you know, in, in different villages and things like that. So, you know, if you, um, didn't treat your parents well, like your parents could eat you. You know what I mean? Things like that. Like it, it's so. So it's kind of like a thing where, you know, the material world and the immaterial world are kind of one and the same. So, so then you go like, oh, look, the spirit is a good thing. Then the spirit is something that always follows me around. I don't know about you know again other cultures and how maybe they frame that, but I know like in the Congo, I've kind of heard uh, people talk about it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely variations on that. Like, um, I don't know what the Spanish name for it is, but the Day of the Dead. You know, they leave out, uh, or they have pictures of their past ancestors, and they leave out gifts for them. Um, and in Chinese culture, um, actually, I had some experience with this, because I, I have some relatives who are, well, I have relatives who are half Chinese, I should say, because I'm not I'm a 100% white guy. But uh, <laughs> uh, but one of my family members married into married a Chinese man, and, um, so I have a bunch of cousins who are half Chinese and anyway, I went to, um, I went to their house about a year ago, uh, for, um, Chinese new year. And, um, there, you know, my, um, uh, you know, they, they had set up this huge table and, you know, we all sat down to eat and there were a bunch of places, that nobody was sitting at, but was set out for the f- food anyway, and there was food on it. And um, I asked, "Well, what's up with that?" Right? 
And the whole thing was is that you you set a place for you know those who have departed, right? So that they're they're with they're with you uh, during the meal, which is kind of a to me that that kind of just shows the difference between a Western and an Eastern point of view on not just ghosts but even death. You know, like I think very much in the Western world we kind of. It, it may be kind of the thing where we think that once you're dead, you're dead and gone. And so the idea of you're not completely gone from this world, like freaks us out. Cause it's like, why are you still hanging around? You know what I mean? Um, whereas in Chinese or in Eastern cultures, it's kind of the idea of like, you're, you're gone in the physical sense, but your spirit still hangs around. That's nothing to be frightened of. And as a matter of fact, it's something that, uh, should be honored and that we welcome them at our table kind of thing you know it's just pretty interesting doesn't it seem that the reason why maybe we're so afraid of ghosts is because we haven't confronted our mortality i mean because given something like that it's like you're you know uh in your case when you know uh, the just the act of putting food out for people who have passed you know i mean that I feel like as if you're always around that, you kind of become more comfortable with the fact that, hey, look, one day I'm going to die. You know what I mean? One day I'm going to be, uh, there's going to be food left. To, like my, my ancestors are going to leave food here for me. You know what I mean? And, and, and it kind of frames death in kind of a natural thing. Like we're, I'm going to be there someday. And that's just how life is. You know what I mean? But it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's part of life. It's part of the natural process of life. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's more, there's probably more death acceptance in um, other cultures outside the West, it would seem to me. Um, so that might explain why ghosts freak people out in the West. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's definitely a, a big part of it. Um, yeah. You know, um, so, so obviously, I mean, look, I think, I think, you know, Okay, kind of as we're kind of getting to a close of this discussion here, I kind of feel like, again, I'm going to start it off saying I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but really what I guess what I meant to say is I don't believe in ghosts the way, like, in the pop culture way we say ghosts exist. I think the way, like, you know, your typical, like, oh, Casper or, like, you know, the the sheet with the eyes cut out, image of ghosts we have and stuff uh is is um is kind of a simplistic way that we as people kind of put a um label on something we don't understand right so i so um i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't so like yeah so in in terms of that you know i i yeah i don't believe in ghosts and kind of the 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 way the way they're portrayed on in movies or whatever else you know what i mean like I, I don't think that's real i think that's something that we humanize the same way we humanize god by saying go oh, god's a man with a beard and a like that like in that same way right but i do i do believe that um i mean I, i'm open to the fact that maybe something else exists kind of on the other side i'm open to that you know I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm 100% whatever, but I, I'm, I'm open to something existing out um, in, in, like, the immaterial world. And I don't understand the, the extent uh, 
that it exists and things like that but but I think it's also outside the realm of my capabilities maybe mentally right you know I think you know yeah I I, I you know because I I do believe like some of these I, I think ultimately what can happen is I think we can always find an explanation for all these stories but I think I think if you really go through it and you after reading let's say 5000 stories exactly like this I think at some point you just go okay I can always button up these stories with an explanation or maybe there's something else going on there like it might not there might not exist anything else out there but I think I'm open to there being something else you know what I mean I'm I'm open to there being more uh, the, I'm open to all these stories being more than just coincidence. If you get what I'm saying, I totally get what you're saying. I think that's a very reasonable position. I mean, I will say I I I don't think you, I I have after hearing the stories that you told me, I am nowhere anywhere closer to believing in ghosts than I was before. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but I will say that. I'm not completely closed off to the idea of it. I just, me personally, I need more evidence for me to even entertain the idea that it's even plausible, you know? But, well, okay. I shouldn't say that. I should say it more like I need more, uh, I I would look at it as, as plausible, but I need more evidence for it to be possible, if that makes sense. Um, for, for it to be possible? Yeah. So okay. Well, well, maybe I, maybe I should explain this in the way that I I see it the same way that I see like God. Okay. Um, I personally am an atheist, right? So I don't believe I don't believe there's an afterlife or God. I don't believe there are ghosts. However, that is a belief, right? It doesn't mean that I know that to be the case, right? So like, if someone put a gun to my head and said like do you know if there's no God or do you know there's no ghosts or do you know there's no afterlife? I can't answer one way or the other, you know, because I, I, I think it's foolhardy to say that anybody would know whether there is or isn't, you know, gods or ghosts or what have you. Um, but it is a belief of mine that, you know, given, given the information that has been presented, probably not, but, you know, like I said, I am in, I am the type of person who isn't has an empirical mind, so I I wouldn't ever shut out the 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 uh, it being um, maybe I mix up the words. I wouldn't shut out the possibility of it, but given the information that I have, it's not plausible. Does that make sense? Yeah, I make yeah. I mix that, that does the, make sense. Yeah, yeah, I mix up the words. I apologize. Um, so yeah. it's one of those things. It, it, it makes sense. Oh, no, good. Well. So I guess I guess kind of what I'm saying is that whether people want to admit it or not, we're all kind of agnostic in a way, <laughs> meaning yeah. we don't know. We don't know. Like if you look at the yeah. the root word, the if you you know take a look at where the root of the word agnostic comes from, it means to not know, and I think that applies to you know divine beings and ghosts and spirits and all kinds of stuff, um, and. To me, it's not irrational to believe in ghosts or God, and it's not irrational to not believe in them, you know? It's just, you know, that particular individual, you know, is more inclined to believe one way or the other, and I don't think that's, you know, it's not irrational because nobody really truly knows. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I can entertain the possibility, but you know, I would say at this juncture, there's, I, I would say there's definitely no empirical evidence to say that there are ghosts out among us. Um, yeah. However, talking about my relatives, I do, um, have a great amount of, I, I, I like the idea of setting up a place for your passed on ancestors, even if they're not literally sitting there, right? Like in yeah. the spiritual sense, you know, kind of the idea of that, of revering those who have come before you and of accepting the natural cycle of life and that it's not something to be afraid of. I think that's something that particularly in Western culture, but people around the world could, uh, could benefit from inviting into their lives, you know? I think that's a very powerful thing. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, you, you're cause, cause without even knowing it, you, cause one, you're, you're revering them. You're, you're kind of like, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're doing that, but you're also remembering them. You're also um, um, kind of being humble because you're you're acknowledging the fact that they came before you and they set things up for you. You're respecting them. You're honoring them. It's a very yeah, and and it really does. You know, I, I think it's you know by doing that and, and keeping that on the the top of your mind, you you um you get more comfortable with with mort- your mortality and death and things like that. And I think that's very. I mean, in order to live well, you kind of have to be comfortable with with your mortality i mean i think you 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 live better if you know if you know you're you know and accept that someday you're gonna die dude you know because because that, that that cuts you off from so much fear and so much um insecurity you know uh, um it's good to to make peace with that and um yeah absolutely i agree i think it's a powerful practice and uh you know with that folks um you know I'll let, you know I tell you what if I do if I do pass on and I come back as a ghost I I won't haunt you I promise <laughs> um I might I might oh, yeah. I might play tricks on you cuz I like to mess with people <laughs> but um you know apart from that Well l- l- Oh yeah good No wh- what were you going to say I was just going to say I mean l- l- let me just ask you I'm curious about this what do you think? Cause, you know, you said you have you kind of have an empir- empirical mind. So, like, so yeah, like you at this point you haven't gotten any proof yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so so that that doesn't necessarily mean oh they don't exist. It just means that um, it's it's in, you're it's kind of inconclusive. You can't say that they do. You can't say that they don't because you haven't had proof uh, in the positive, and I guess you haven't had proof in the negative. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So then what what do you think it would take for you to go all right you know what I mean go sort of thing <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that cuz that's kind of like that's a really difficult question to answer cuz that's like that's like asking someone what would it take for you to believe in god I don't know a short from short from a ghost popping out of like you know somewhere and going hey man what's up you know or god coming down and saying Jonathan it's me you know, I I, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you would believe yourself though, or would you go, "Oh, my mind's playing tricks on me"? I, you know, I probably would think that my mind was playing tricks on me, but I, I there would have to, you know, I mean, it, I don't know, it had to be a pretty awe-inspiring experience for me to go, um, to for me to go, okay, that was totally real. You know, what I mean, 
Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that question because it would definitely be um, dependent on the situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe that's something to, to yeah, sleep on then. <laughs> or maybe. And then maybe, uh, you know, maybe in a future episode we might revisit maybe some some parts of this discussion or something, you know? Well, I would definitely love to uh, dig more into the uh, uh, cultural perceptions of God and where the whole idea came from because um, it's always puzzled me where how people kind of came up with this notion of God. You know, even though I did grow, grow up in a religious household, um, I, I was just kind of like, who, who came up with this? Like, why? What, what's going on? You know? <laughs> Yeah, um, seriously, seriously. Well, that you know that yeah. that'll be a future episode, I believe for sure. Yeah, but um, I I I think that'll be a lot of fun to do. And, that, and actually, there, there's a book out there by Riza Aslan called uh, "God: A Human History," where it's it's kind of a short book. It's not that long, but he he kind of um he digs into that a little bit. He and, and he talks about um what God was from like you know um you know like in, in kind of the, the the prehistorical context of who God was based on like just, you know, crude drawings and things like that to kind of, you know, when kind of hit written history started and kind of how people, you know, framed God or, you know, talked about who God was and kind of the evolution of, of God from then to now. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool book. I definitely recommend um, uh, anyone listening to, to pick it up and, and thumb through it. All right. Well, on that, I'd say, um, you know, thanks for tuning in, folks. And until next time. Signing off. Thanks for tuning in to Kagido. What's your take? What are your comments? We'd love to hear them. Email us at LLC at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out on iTunes YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and like us on Facebook. Listen in every Monday as we air new episodes.